Hello, friendo. You know that feeling you get when you're around a good friend? There's nothing like it. It can make a bad day good and a good day great. I wanted to create a podcast that made me feel just like that. Every person has a story. And here in Friendo, we're going to celebrate them. I'm going to introduce you to fascinating people that will make us laugh, make us think, and inspire us. More than anything, this is a place where we can be ourselves. This is Friendo. Half of the world goes through it, and yet, have you seen free period products in bathrooms or anywhere else for that matter? Not only that, until 2015, menstrual products were taxed in Canada. And that's what we're talking about today. Ant flow and our favorite time of the month. And how many do not have access to products and therefore miss out on opportunities, work, school, etc.? My guest today is Rachel Edinger. And before we even jump into the topic, we will be using the term people who menstruate because those who do use pronouns beyond her. To that end, Rachel runs the Instagram account here for her and is in the process of rebranding to be more inclusive. But she's a fierce activist for menstrual equity. Rachel and I will be talking about the expense, anxiety and side effects surrounding our periods. Then, in this week's favorites, I share a podcast that's opened my eyes to a world I didn't even know existed. I'll also share a hack for a quick hair makeover and a lifestyle commitment I've made for the month of January. I'm Amanda Muse, and this is Friendo. Welcome to the podcast, Rachel. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I am pumped to talk to you. <laughs> uh, I feel like I followed you forever. Um, yeah, same. So yeah. I have had one of your amazing sweaters, the period, 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 hoodies, crew necks. No, what are they called? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. the period crew. And then we have the hoodie style too. I think you have the crew because you're OG. Like you're from the very beginning, which would be the sweater. Yeah. 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 I love that sweater. <laughs> I pull it out, wear it with pride. So let's just jump right in. Tell yeah, yeah. me about what you're doing with Here For Her. And then yeah. I'm also curious because like you have a full daytime job. So yeah. give me it. Give me it all. What are you up to these days? Okay. Yeah, cool. No, we can do kind of like the Coles notes version. Maybe that even ages me saying that Do like people still use Coles notes. I don't know the new updated version, um, which is like good because I never use Coles notes anyway. Um, but okay. So yeah, here's kind of the 411. So I actually worked in radio and television for six years for Virgin Radio. So I did a morning show in Halifax and then most recently London, Ontario. Amazing opportunity. So cool, like could not speak more highly of it. It was a great marketing experience. Um, we had to be very scrappy. We <laughs> we had to really know who we were targeting, as we all know, obviously with podcasts here, like a very disrupted market. Um, there's so many, you know, opportunities like podcasts and Spotify and all these things. So um, anyways, I had great learning. And then I kind of realized that wasn't really necessarily what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And this is something I want to, I am always interested in chatting with people about who change careers um, because I've learned a lot in the past two years. And I get why I would say majority of people don't <laughs> because it is challenging and, um, and very humbling. So I, I had the opportunity to finish my MBA full time. So literally as the pandemic hit, I was like, screw it. I'm doing it. I want to get this you know, MBA done and figure out the next chapter of my life. So I quit my job. I 
finished school in the pandemic, which was weird. I actually moved back in with my parents because um, I obviously was doing school and didn't have you know an income coming in, and ha- which ended up being like the best experience of my life because I've always been away from them, and it was amazing to spend time with them. And then I started job searching, and I ended up at Unilever. So. I'm on the marketing team there. They have brands like Dove, um, Vaseline, Ben and Jerry's, like a lot of big brands. Um, I'm learning a ton. And so that's where I currently work. Um, and then here for her, which is rebranding soon, and we can chat about that too, is like my passion project. I started it back in 2017. And it's something like if I can figure out a way, obviously, to do it full time in the future, that would be ideal. Um, but for now, it's a passion project and I love it. And um, that's kind of where I'm at currently. <laughs> you know what? Unilever is great. I've worked with them for a long time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know. Which is amazing. amazing. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I love it. Okay. So yeah, no joke. Coming back to the changing careers yeah. and starting something yeah. new is scary, right? It's very scary. But yeah. I mean, yeah. you have to have the courage sometimes to do scary things because when you get to the other side, you're like, oh my God, I'm so much happier for this. All right. So Here For Her has started a few years ago. I was reading on your website how it came to be. So tell me, for those who aren't following, what what are you doing on your your page? What is this passion project? Here For Her. Yeah. So I started it in 2017. And honestly, I had moved to London, Ontario. I didn't have a family doctor yet. And I actually had a gynae issue, which thinking back on this, like once I figured out what was going on, it was something that's super common and happens to a lot of people with vaginas, yet nobody, you know, again, four years ago, even more so, nobody talked about anything. So when you said gynae issue, it was like, oh, you're pregnant or oh, you have an STI. Like there was no other option. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't have a family doctor. So I had these symptoms um, and I started going to all these walk-ins and I was getting, you know, the same situation, like, oh, it must be an STI, all the testing, which is fine. I get it. They have to rule it out. Um, but I knew it wasn't that. Um, again, I wasn't pregnant. And so I was, it was just a, it was like months of trying to figure out what the heck was going on to the point where I actually had to go to emerge. It, like it was so bad. Um, and the gynecologist was amazing. And she was like, oh, this happens all the time. And I can be honest about it because it's so ridiculous looking back. It was literally a bug bite just in the in an area that's super sensitive because I had been at the beach and literally this happens all the time and it just mm-hmm. turned into something else. And uh, that's all it was. But I realized throughout that whole process that A, there's just such a stigma and here I am, this confident radio host and I wasn't comfortable chatting about or even just saying it was a gyne issue in general. That's where Here For Her came from. And then obviously with my job in the community, we were hosting a lot of events. Like I had a platform. And so I honestly used that to my advantage in terms of making, raising awareness about health and health education and teaming up with local businesses to host events. Like we had a local business do a, um, PMS flavored ice cream. And it was like, basically like everything delicious, like cookie dough and fudge and like all these things. And all the proceeds went to a women's shelter. Like it wasn't hard to do and it's not hard to do. And people want to get involved and want to help. And so I tried to do everything I could with the position that I had um, to make a difference. And so it started there and then it kind of honestly, you know, moved into more advocacy and we can kind of chat about that too. And, um, that's, and we sell the clothing as well. So that's kind of 
the piece is moving into the future. It's really honestly more of an education and advocacy platform where we focus on health education because I believe in order to make informed decisions, you need to be educated about your health and all people deserve compassionate health care. And that's the mission from you know, that is our mission. Um, and then we sell the clothing and all of the proceeds, I literally pay my clothing supplier and then all the proceeds go to a cause or charity or shelter of choice. And I let the Here For Her community decide where that money should go. You know, my daughter, I was saying that before we even started recording, like she wants to wear my sweatshirt and I'm thinking, oh my God, when I was her age, like I she's going to be 10 soon. I... I mean, first of all, pads were the size of my head and they would like yep. fall out of my bag and I would feel and it was embarrassing. Totally yep. embarrassing. Yep. Now, yep. my sister, who's younger than me, she's 10 years younger than me. She's like, no, dude, it's like a badge of honor. Kids are excited. That's cool. They want to talk yep. about it. Like, ooh, they got their period. And, 100%. This and, that. and I'm like, wow, times have changed. Like, I've worked Thank with God. a bunch. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. the kids are excited about these new cups that are for younger girls. And it's... There's the options are endless, like from period underwear. Exactly. There's just so many options. And I find as with other parents now we're talking and it's like, well, what ways are you going to talk to your, like, what products do you want to buy them first? Because it's like, it's not just a big clunky pad anymore. It's not just, there's not one brand. Yeah. Yeah. So many options. And honestly, I've done so many um, speaking events lately at schools. And it's very interesting that you say that. And we know this, but it's getting younger and younger, which is so cool. Like two years ago, I would only do speaking engagements at university, for example, and like groups that were interested, like advocacy groups interested in specifically menstrual equity or health, et cetera. And then now, like I just recently did a chat with a school in Calgary and it was ages um, uh, grade six to eight. Um, like it's getting younger and younger, which tells me that like finally teachers are realizing, and again, not to a fault of their own, depending on the curriculum, mm-hmm. that this is important to discuss. And again, I know I'm so privileged in my situation and I still remember being like what you said. Like I remember my period was basically the focus of my life from like when it started in grade six to even at university, I remember being nervous if I would, you know, if I'd make it through my test and with the tampon I had in and then even still carrying that tampon or pad or whatever to the washroom and like making sure I went there before the quiz or like that was still a source mm-hmm. of stress and anxiety for me, even in university, mm-hmm. which again, I would like very hide privileged. it in my sleeve or something yes. or like in my pants so nobody would see. Yes. And yeah. then think about, and that's what we can kind of chat about later, but think about not having access to products. Like I was mm-hmm. lucky I had products to grab that I could afford or my parents gave me. And then think about if I didn't have access to products on top of all that other stress and anxiety. And it makes me so mad. And obviously it only affects, you know, people who menstruate, um, which is a huge issue. So no, it's getting better. And like, thank you for being the parent that, you know, recognizes this and is openly chatting about it because it's again, no different than it's a part of our health. Like, but it's just, there's still obviously like work to be done, but it's getting better. And thank God, because social media has helped that a lot, which is amazing. And I find I'm 37. And as I continue to get older and my body changes, I'm paying so much more attention to, oh, maybe I have this wicked headache for three days because it's hormone related. And 
I wish that when I was 10, that someone would say to me, yeah, you're going to feel this way a couple of days before your period, this way after your hormones ebb and flow, you know, like you're just the whole health aspect of why your posts are so important and so relatable. Now you did mention the word menstrual equity, which I think is so important to bring up. So you're going to educate me in this process and my listeners too. So tell me more about this. There's actually a definition for menstrual equity. I don't have it up here because it's super complicated and honestly not very easy to understand. So I always describe it as, um, for example, everybody, for people who menstruate, and we can chat about that too, because it's so important to have that inclusive language for people who menstruate. Everyone's menstruation experience is so different. That's number one. Number two, when people menstruate, there's kind of two different elements that are super, super important. The symptoms or kind of things that they experience with menstruation, which could be, but again, looks different for everyone. Um, Anxiety, like I said, different physical symptoms, like we kind of just discussed. That's important. But then also number two, they have to be able to afford, have access to and or afford menstrual products. It's about $8,000 of an added expense for someone who menstruates over their lifetime. Like that's a lot of money. So people who menstruate have just been expected to figure it out. And the fact that it only affects people who menstruate, that's where the equity piece comes in. So basically it's like the disproportionate amount of that menstruation affects people who menstruate compared to those who do not. That's basically menstrual equity. And so basically the whole basis and the goal is to get products provided for free in washrooms, just like toilet paper. That's basically the bottom line of like any initiative I've ever been a part of is we need to see menstrual products like we see toilet paper as necessity items. Because four years ago when I started this work, which is nothing compared to folks that have been advocating for this for like 30, 40 years. Um, they actually saw menstrual products as luxury items, which makes me laugh out loud. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's a luxury yeah. for me to be hemorrhaging yeah. for like six yeah. days. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that. exactly. Okay. So this activism, this trying yes. to get, um, you know, these products more accessible to yeah. people who menstruate, yes. which we're going to pause for a second and talk about that, the importance yeah. of language. And so I started here for her, obviously, in 2017 with kind of a focus on women's health. And that's all, that's amazing. Like, that's great. And like, I, we've done so much work and amazing work. And I'm not discounting any of that because that was a lot of my life um, and a lot of money and product donated. But being aware that not just women menstruate, um, non-binary and trans folks menstruate as well. And that's a big part of why we're doing a rebrand. And so we have a different name. We're going to be announcing it um, shortly. It's just we're working on like some of the legal stuff in the background, obviously, making sure everything's good there. Um, But that's a big part of what that is the part of why I'm rebranding, because when it comes down to it, our mission is health education and all people deserving compassionate healthcare. It doesn't matter what pronouns you use or how you identify. So the inclusivity part is so is so important because why wouldn't you include all folks who menstruate? Why like why wouldn't we use inclusive language? That's so so important. And then number two, you made great points about why you use a cup and like that's so um, uh, consistent with what we see with people we're chatting with, and there's more research being done now, but it needs to it needs to continue continue to happen. Um, but people like we're still getting people access to menstrual products, like we're still there. So whether that's at school, whether that's at work, whether that's in rural communities, especially up north with Indigenous folks, we're still just trying to get people 
products. Menstrual products are the most requested item at shelters and food banks all across Canada in every city. You know, it doesn't make sense to give cups out at shelters because there's sometimes no clean washroom. Like people don't have access to clean washrooms. They don't want, a, in this case, a reusable pad. Like there's nowhere to do laundry. Like, mm-hmm. so we're still just trying to get people to be able to use pads and not Tim Hortons wrappers. And like, that's the reality of it. Okay. So I was on your site and I saw this yeah. note and it's, so basically I'll just read it. It's a little wordy, yep. but I just want the listener to, to know what's going on here. So in September of 2021, yeah. $25 million menstrual equity act and yeah. free menstrual products in federal, federally regulated workplaces was to be rolled out yes. by the liberal party of Canada. So then in yep. October, the government of Ontario teamed up with Shoppers Drug Mart to yep. mandate and provide free menstrual products in all high schools in the province. Yep. This is good. Yes. So <laughs> there's layers. We can start with I'm federal. sure there is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We can start with the federal government. So back in 2019, we started a petition. It was supported by our local London MP, Peter Fregastatos. He's amazing. He's awesome. He's such a great ally. He does not menstruate himself, but he's an amazing ally. And we need more allies, especially those who don't menstruate. Um, and so anyways, we teamed up, did a petition because back in the day, in 2019, actually, the federal government said that they were going to provide free menstrual products in federally regulated workspaces. So anything owned by the government, Canada Post work, like all those kind of, kinds of industries and companies. So that never happened. So I teamed up with Peter for this petition in 2019. We got a lot of signatures, enough to warrant a response from the government, which was great. And so they said, okay, yeah, you're right. We didn't, we said that we haven't done it yet. It's been three years or whatever. Um, so let's have this conversation again. And so I was able to chat with Minister Tassie and her team, which was so cool. She was formerly the Minister of Labor, and I know they've done a cabinet shuffle now. Um, So anyway, so that was amazing. We were having some conversations. A bunch of advocates were asked to the table most recently, actually this past year, about like what could be done, what can we do to implement I won't spare the deep, like bore you with the details, but like, how's this going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. But then the amazing news is that from all of that, the Liberal Party on a federal level included what you just described, the Menstrual Equity Act. Um, There's money there to distribute product to shelters, to charities, organizations, et cetera. And then also to put them in federally uh, regulated workspaces. So that was added into their platform. Now the obvious being reelected, it has to happen. So from a federal perspective, our goal, like as advocates, and we meet about this often, is how to continue to put the pressure on so that this happens, right? Like, because governments, again, I'm all for how it all works and I get it, but like they do say things and we want it actually to happen. So Mm -hmm. we want to keep on them and make sure that it gets rolled out because in the past, it's always been that menstrual equity is not a priority. It's always something else, which I get it. There are other priorities and other issues and social justice issues that are so important, but this one is important too. So from a federal Mm -hmm. perspective, we're just going to continue to put on the pressure and make sure that both of those items are rolled out. And then from a provincial standpoint, a little bit more complicated because yes, an amazing step in the right direction needed to happen. Basically, they've teamed up with Shoppers Drug Mart. Shoppers Drug Mart already has those two suppliers that are going to be supplying the product. So that's easy. They just amped up the buy and they're distributing to provincially funded schools. So that's kind of the disconnect Mm -hmm. there. Whereas some advocates we have, we've been meeting about this frequently, actually, to try and figure out 
A, how we can get some more information, how things can be um, continually rolled out properly. And so the first issue that we're really worried about is it it's not enough pads. It's like two pads per student. Okay, with what they're giving. It's like three or four. Anyways, it's under, put it this way, it's under seven. When you do the math, I don't have it in front of me. I should have had it with me, but it's very low. So we we all know that like I could use, you know, 10 pads in one period or more. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's our number one problem. So like moving forward, we hope that it'll only be, you know, like increased in terms of the quantity of of pads given out. Um, The other one is it's only pads. It's not pads and tampons. So like, obviously, you know, again, this is all a great step in the right direction, but how can we improve this? Um, Mm -hmm. And then the third issue, which was the most important issue at all is of all is that a lot of Northern schools in Ontario, um, especially in indigenous reserves um, and communities, they're not provincially funded. So indigenous schools were not included in this rollout, which is literally horrific, horrific, horrific. So there was like two weeks there where Saul, who's an amazing MP, MPP, excuse me, was speaking up about this, saying like, uh, indigenous schools aren't included. Like this can't happen. So what the hell basically? Mm-hmm. And there was like silence, which was horrible. And then eventually Patty hide you from the federal government because these schools are federally, um, supported, spoke up and said, okay, this is a huge issue. We will be providing menstrual products to all indigenous schools across Canada. Amazing. So that was said, like, I don't know how long ago now, like it feels like longer, but I think it was only a month ago, um, which was amazing. And so uh, what we're doing as advocates now is kind of writing a letter to figure out, okay, so what does that mean? Like, how's that going to happen? We'd love to know more details. When is it happening? Um, again, is it two pads per student? Like, just to make sure that because there's always a disconnect between the open statements you know what I mean? And then what actually is happening and just trying to ensure that it actually gets product into the hands of these students because they need it. Like, are you, are you being paid to do this? <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. This is what no. blows my mind. How can people get involved? Not everybody has the time to do what you're doing, you know, totally. to be so into it. So how can the regular listeners do something? So I would start with like sitting down and figuring out like how you can make an impact in terms of, are you a student? Do you have children at school? Um, Does where you work provide products? Um, Does your community provide products yet? Do that Google and kind of figure out where you're at. And then number two, it's so easy to start small. So again, if you're at school, connect with... If you're a student at school, you know, connect with a student president or advocacy groups or, you know, for a food drive, instead of just asking for non-perishable food items, add in specifically menstrual products, you know, also to reach out to groups like myself and other advocates across Canada. If you want to get involved in a group that's doing work in your community, reach out to some of us because we have a pretty good network and we're trying to increase that more and more to figure out, you know, if someone's in Ottawa, where could they go to join a group? And then from a community perspective, do that Google search, figure out if your community is providing free menstrual products yet. If not, reach out to a city councillor, reach out to an MP. There's so many ways just to start having that discussion. Um, and then beyond that, at work, like go to your washroom, check out at work and see if they provide menstrual products. And if not, talk to your manager. So there's a lot of work to be done, but there's so many easy ways. Like when someone speaks about it, retweet them, you know, totally. um, educate yourself, look up other groups doing this work. You can you know, DM me anytime and I'll put you in the direction of someone that's more in your area or like, whatever. Like we're all trying to help each other. I love it. I feel inspired. I'm like ready to email my kid's principal. <laughs> yeah. Dear do it. principal. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, do it. 
Well, where can people find you doing the work that you're doing? Yeah. So you can go to at shop here for her on social, um, or you can go to my own at Rach Ettinger on social. Um, we're going to be rebranding, but I'll like, it'll be easy to find us. Um, our website is shop here for her.ca. Um, and so you can always reach out seriously. Like even if you're in a different part of Canada and not Toronto, like I will connect you with the, with people that are in your area doing this work or, or start something of your own. Like we need younger, diverse voices as advocates. And that's still something we're trying to um, make happen. And so many young students are advocating like in you know middle school, like it's amazing. So don't ever think one person can't have an impact because you can. I love that. Such a powerful message. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today, Rachel. I feel, I feel inspired. So I hope the <laughs> listeners, I'm going to leave some links below for them. Awesome. And I just really appreciate you taking the time today. So thank you. Thanks for chatting about menstruation with me. <laughs> I got you. It's like one of my favorite things, yeah. man. Thank you for your friendo recommends. I received a bunch of suggestions, favorites that you have been loving. And so I've picked one to share with you today. But just as a reminder that I would love to know from you what you've been loving. And I plan to include a suggestion in each weekly episode. So email me friendo at amandamuse.com or on Instagram at Amanda Muse. And when you're following me on Instagram, I tend to do a poll about once a week where I prompt you guys to share your, your favorites with me. And so that's a great opportunity to get them in and you may be featured. So this week's suggestion comes from Alexandra at Five Divines, who not only has been a longtime viewer and is pretty awesome, but after reading her favorites, I'm convinced that like, are we the same person? It's possible. And the other thing that was so kind is that Alexandra is actually local to me and I hadn't met her before, but her and Dean were chatting on Instagram and she is so kind and gave us homemade pierogies and homemade bread and a bottle of wine for Christmas, which was so nice. I was not expecting it. It was very kind. And the box of after eights, I have to say, I inhaled. So I appreciate that. Very unexpected very lovely. But let's get to her recommendations. So she provided us with two this week, a book. And the book is called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I read this book and it actually fits in very nicely with a favorite that I'm going to be sharing with you this week. But essentially, I don't want to give too much away. But what it is, is it takes place where there is a celebrity from, let's say, the 50s or so, and her name is Evelyn Hugo, and she has seven husbands, and it's like, what is happening, and, and what's the storyline here? But if you've ever heard of the term beard, then you know where I'm going with this, like, not all is as it seems, and these relationships were a bit of a ruse for the public and not her living her true life, and it is such an interesting story with quite a twist at the end, so it was riveting. It had me it had me hook, line, sinker for the whole time. I don't know. I think I binged this book in like three days or so. It was a really fun read. I really enjoyed it. Great suggestion. And the show that she suggests is called The Wilds. Also, loved this show. This show took me by surprise. I'm pretty sure I've actually included this in either a top 10 list on YouTube or one of my favorites in the past here on the on the pod. But my sister and I, when I was visiting her in March of 2021, uh, we were just hanging out on the sofa. The show popped up on 
you know, on Amazon Prime or whatever it was. And we started watching it. And the premise is that it's these young girls who are a bit troubled. So doing things that their parents don't love. And it really touches on an array of topics from body image uh, to drug and substance abuse to, you know, promiscuity, um, to all of these things that definitely young women have come into contact with. I felt it was very, very relatable. And so after watching this, their parents decide they're going to send them to this retreat and they go on this retreat and they're on this plane. And again, I'm not giving anything away here, but what happens is the plane crashes and these young women are forced to, you know, team up and be on this deserted island and try to get their way off this island and little do they know that the plane crash was actually planned. And this is all part of, again, this ruse, um, but more to see, you know, almost from a science experiment perspective, how these young women will be able to harness their strengths and come together as a team. But there are some twists and turns along the way. And oh my gosh, if you've watched it, were you not shooketh at the last episode? Like what? My sister and I cannot wait to watch season two. So I'm not sure if it's out yet, but it's coming soon. I've been waiting. I follow them on Instagram, you know? Great recommendations. Thank you so much, Alexandra. I can't wait to hear what you guys send me for your favorites. So please send them my way. And now for my three favorites for the week. It's been a tricky week. As I'm speaking with you, we're now into week two of virtual learning which I got to be honest, is hella triggering because if you recall, my kids did a full year of virtual. And I will say that half the year was by choice and the other half we couldn't switch out. So it wasn't an option, but it was, it was just a lot on my kids. And so, you know, they're doing okay. As I'm recording this, we're just wrapping up the first week. They're doing okay, but you know, we've had to take some additional breaks and I'm okay with that. You know, I had to email the teacher and say, hey, my kids are going skating instead of doing science. Like, we'll follow up later. And the way that they set up the day is that there's this asynchronous learning element at the end of the day, which gives them an opportunity to catch up on things that they missed or whatever. So, you know, we're just making do and trying to you know, celebrate the wins. And like today I treated them to a lunch at Tim Hortons kind of thing. I went and picked it up and, you know, we're just, we're trying to find the fun a little bit. It's really hard. I find it particularly taxing on Dean and I, because, you know, now we're having to help and jump in and do homework and stuff. And like, I need to wash my hair so bad. <laughs> you know, I'm like, why, why haven't I done that? You just kind of get to a point where there's too much to do and not enough time to do it. And you have to prioritize the important stuff. And right now it's making sure the kids are doing okay, getting some work done for school, getting my own work done, Dean doing his work for Frendo because we have some really cool launches coming out. Um, P.S. like some roller balls that are really beautiful and smell amazing. So that'll be coming soon. But anyway, like you just kind of have to prioritize as you go through the list and I'm making time for movement, you know, trying my best, but I really need to wash my hair. Okay, that's actually going to lead me to one of my first favorites. Now, as you're listening, let's hope and pray that I've already done this because I've been trying to dye my hair for like four days. So at the moment, my hair is, uh, it's like dark roots with blonde at the end. I'm definitely not wanting to maintain the blonde. I just kind of made a decision like, 
full blonde, not for me, maybe some highlights. So in the meantime, as I'm growing it out, I I remember that last year and actually in 2020, I had played around with color. So there's this company called Celeb Luxury, like celebrity. So Celeb Luxury. And I bought this on Amazon and it's Viral Color Wash. The one I have in my hand is Pastel Lavender. And I've also used the Pastel Pink. And it's just fun. Like you, it's, it's, a, it's a washout. So if you already have light hair or lightened hair, it'll show up. If you have brown hair, it ain't going to work that well. It'll tint it, but I don't know if it's worth it, to be honest. Um, but anyway, because I have the light ends, I'm going to run this color through my hair. It's going to tone it quite a bit darker. I've done this color before. It ends up being more on this cool toned blue and I'm here for it. I chose a color for the year. It's periwinkle. So we're going with it. All right. So I'm excited. So it's one of those things. The reason I recommend it is it's inexpensive. Courtney, my hairstylist, she well, actually, I say it's inexpensive. That's not true. It's like $40 or $48 for a bottle. So I stand corrected. It's not that inexpensive, but it is if you're comparing it to going to the hair salon and getting your hair done, which I do, right? Um, But I was talking to Courtney and she's like, it's a great option because it is a temporary color and it won't damage your hair or deposit bad color, you know, where you're going to have to have your hair corrected at a later date. So that's important to me because I do, you know, flip flop between different hair colors and styles. And it's nice to have something temporary, but with a big impact, you know, so I love that. Now, I mentioned that there was a favorite that related to one of the Friendo recommends. So this is a podcast and it's called Beyond the Blinds. If you know, then you know. But I was scrolling through TikTok recently and then also talking to a friend of mine, Katie, who has actually been on the podcast here. She goes by confidentially Katie on on the internet. But she was she and I were talking about, you know, our love of like celebrity gossip and all that kind of stuff and she's like did you hear this thing about how this celebrity and that celebrity are in this fake relationship? And I was like, yeah, actually, I did see that TikTok. I need to learn more about like, what are these fake relationships? Are you seeing the connection here with, you know, the book, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo? So we all know that, at least I hope we all know, that the land of celebrities is a bit of smoke and mirrors, if not all smoke and mirrors. Very little of what you see of a celebrity is their true self and their true nature. A lot of it is fabricated. You know, I personally find I'm on this, not a mission, but I guess it kind of is a mission to debunk this myth that these pseudo celebrities like Instagram famous people and YouTube famous people that they just got there on their own, that they're they are part of a machine. I mean, I myself have help and editors and people helping me get sponsorships and things like it's I've never claimed to be able to do that all by myself but there is this illusion that's created especially among celebrities and so beyond the blinds discusses blinds now this term is very new to me like I'm saying this is a whole world I had no idea existed and it is thrilling to have this podcast to just binge so a blind is Something that is known about a celebrity, but that is shared in an anonymous way where I'm trying to think of a good example. I just listened to one about Jimmy Fallon, where apparently, allegedly, he is like a full on alcoholic and coke addict and is quite a party boy. And is that is a very different, you know, that's a very different description of the Jimmy Fallon we see 
on the television, on YouTube. So that's just one example. You know, there's people who've been like in fake relationships. I, I can't even begin to go into detail, but it is just, it's so fun. If you're like me and you love celebrity gossip, like I used to read Perez Hilton before he turned into like who he is now, but like years ago, just loved hearing about those little sneaky stories, how Camila Cabello and Shawn Mendes are not actually a true couple and they are a fake couple and they go into like how they know this. And it's just, it is so fun. It's a guilty pleasure. I've gone on too long already about this favorite. But if you like this stuff, you're going to love it. So podcast beyond the blinds. Last but not least, my lifestyle commitment for the month of January. If you know and you're doing it, it's January, friends. We're doing dry January, which means no alcohol. And honestly, it's not a big deal this year. I remember last year, I think it was last year I did this as well. And I was like kind of struggling, which seems a bit bizarre, but... I feel that alcohol is so accessible for one. It's so socially accepted. Um, and yet the impact is quite large on our bodies. And not all of us make the best choices when it comes to alcohol. And I just found like it was part of our day to day in my house. Of course, over the holidays, red wine was free flowing and it was wonderful and fun. But I just noticed that, you know, when I'm at this time of the year, which can be particularly tricky, like today as I'm recording, it is beautiful and sunny and the weather is crisp and I intend on going for a walk actually after I record and it's beautiful. But on those days where it's you know overcast and it's cloudy and I didn't make time for movement and I've been sedentary, having a glass of wine and adding that into my body, it just doesn't make me feel good. And I realized that it's nice to have that one month a year where I just do this little reset and I'm making a point to do it. So we've completed one week and honestly, I hardly even notice. I'm really upping my water intake. And at the end of the day, you do you, right? I'm never here to tell you to do your life in any way that doesn't make sense, but I've decided to do that this month. Dean is not participating with me, although I keep trying to encourage him, force him to do it with me. Maybe he'll do it for a week. I don't know. But it's just, um, it's nice to switch your habits and I like to challenge myself a little bit. So that's what I'm doing this month and it's going well so far. So thank you for listening to this week's episode. Those are my favorites for the week. If you missed last week's episode, I had the incredible Laura Mays on as a guest, and she is actually a senior producer on Brene Brown's podcasts. And I met her through a really incredible summit for creators, specifically mom creators that I've attended for a few years now. It's down in the States. And it was a really interesting episode about the power of saying yes to things. You know, we can be really protective with our time and that's super important. But what about saying yes and staying curious? It was really fun. So I encourage you to go back and listen. And that's it. All right, guys, I'll catch you next week with a brand new episode. Friendo is produced by Amanda Muse with producer Dila Velasquez. Audio editing by Ali Ashbacker and Amanda Muse. Production and sound design by Rob Johnson. Can I ask a little favor? Can you share this podcast with a friend? It's the best way to help get Friendo into new ears. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find me on Instagram daily at Amanda Muse, YouTube for weekly videos at Amanda Muse, and TikTok for some laughs at Muse Amanda. Thank you for listening and join me next week.